0: This is the Gate Charlotte Podcast. You're listening to a message by Pastor John Matthews. The Lord gave me something to speak on this morning, though, that I'm actually really excited about. It's the topic of humility. Right? Oh. Uh, <laughs> 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 okay, okay. uh, humility... Is actually one of my one of my favorite topics, and if you have your Bible, I want you just to go ahead and open up to Micah. Right, everybody's like, "Ooh, never started in Micah before." Some of you don't even know where Micah is. <laughs> Micah chapter six, and just hang on right there a second, and then we'll jump in. I'm going to pray while you're while you're flipping there. Holy Spirit, I pray this morning that you would soften our hearts. And that Father, that you would reveal to us the power that you carried in your humility. It was not weakness, but it was your strength. And Father, I pray this morning that, Lord, as we hear your words, that you would soften our hearts, that you would do, you would go deep, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Micah chapter 6. Verse 8 says, He has shown you, verse 8, He has shown you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Everybody say, walk humbly. I'm going to read it again. He has shown you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to act justly, and to love mercy. Oh, so good. And to walk humbly with your God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be bouncing back and forth between what I hope is some pretty deep stuff, but at the same time, very practical stuff this morning. And so I want to just jump right in on the definition of humility. Uh, the definition of humility is a modest view of one's own importance. mic drop. (laughs) Humility is a modest view of one's own importance. I want to get this right up front because humility is not recognizing everything you aren't humility, that's stupidity. Humility is not recognizing everything that you are not. Humility is recognizing that everything that you are is because of him. And so it's not a denying yourself of being something. It's a recognizing of the source. This is really important because there's a lot of false humility that robs the church from being powerful people. I meet people that feel like to be humble, I have to be poor. It's, it's like this, you know, I got to be broke. I can't have any good things because I want to be humble. Huh? Right? I, but, but see, there's these, these things that have come in and robbed us. And it has nothing to do with what humility is because humility is powerful. Humility in the context of relationships is powerful. It's the the ability at times in the context of a relationship to say, If I need to dial something back, I will to preserve the connection. I guess I think I'm going to bounce in and out of some really practical stuff because I meet people sometimes who are like, oh, well, I'm, I'm just, it is who I am. I'm like, well, who you are could be a little more humble. I'm not challenging your identity. I'm challenging you how you're walking in it. And sometimes people are like, well, that's just, you know, I know my identity. It's who I am. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus never had to brag about his identity. He was, he was able to walk meek. And humble on the face of the earth, and people recognize he's the most powerful man to ever have walked the world. And there's this interesting balance between humility and confidence in your identity, right? Because we've spent a lot of times over the we we've even locally in this house we've spent a lot of time over the past couple years really pulling people away from this religious spirit that has been beat into people like just trying to like pull them away and they're like oh but i'm so comfortable with feeling terrible i was like no no it's really better than that like let me get you over here and we've spent a lot of effort trying to get people free of the grip of fear and and what the religious spirit attempts to do is it attempts to control culture with the fear of punishment Oh boy, the church has really been weak in correction But really been great at punishment <laughs> uh, We we, 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 think they're the, we think they're the same And we think if you messed up You should be punished If you messed up, you'll need to be corrected <laughs> But often we don't know the difference Because that's maybe how you were raised You, just, you didn't know the difference and so we've ended up with a church that has trained people to actually be afraid of who they're called to be. Because if we raise up powerful people, insecure leaders get fearful. Good morning. I'm home. I've had like weeks, guys, to you on this, like, there's no way we're getting through all this today. You see, insecure people that have authority use fear to control people because powerful people scare them. I've talked to so many other leaders about the fivefold ministries and all of these different aspects of a fivefold operating church, and you always—I I, man—I can hear when I hit the fear button because it's like, well, who's in control? <laughs> <laughs> wow Yeah Okay um, Because we're we're scared You see But when you walk In your identity And you know who you are It doesn't intimidate you To be around powerful people And so what God is doing Is he's wanting us To be a powerful people When I say A powerful people I, I mean that I mean I've gotten Corrected from that We're not powerful He's powerful Well greater is he That's in us He's in me So if he's powerful And he's in me I get to be powerful <laughs> I know, my, I know the source. It's him. But because he's in me, I get to be a powerful person. <laughs> I did a wedding not all that long ago. <laughs> where it was a... Um, how do I say this without revealing anything? There was a lot of background of a lot of suppressing of women in the family. Like, you could tell, like, in the church women or you just work the nursery and do women's ministry and cook food kind of thing you could feel that in the room and so I came like the whole oh my goodness I came out like powerful women you're powerful you know what I mean I it was amazing it was I don't know if everyone thought it was amazing but the bride thought it was amazing and it was her day and that's all that matters and she said thank you but I I looked her in the eyes I said you're a powerful lady and because it doesn't and and as I took them through took them through marriage counseling premarital counseling we want to see you become two powerful people that love each other well and what this religious spirit that, that so often tries to creep in the church is it tries to come in and it tries to bring fear. And so, we, 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 so this morning, I want to try to redefine for the church, not redefine from the word, but redefine for the church what humility is. So I'm going to give a swing at it this morning. The first piece of humility is this. It's recognizing your peace in relationships and how your life, how your decisions how your character affects everyone around you. It's humbling for me to know that what I do affects so many people. And I walk in that awareness. It's not an arrogance. It's an awareness. It's very much awareness. Not just in this church, in my family. I walk with the awareness that my kids' well-being my wife's well-being, is very much affected by how I operate. And humility is not about punishing... It's not about punishing yourself into insignificance. But at times, it's recognizing where you need to adjust so that other people around you can be empowered... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right. are you okay adjusting sometimes so the person around you can be empowered because sometimes it takes that well, okay I'll give you a spiritual way of saying it being pruned <laughs> oh no i get it <laughs> it's like it's, uh, sometimes we have to adjust when we started growing this church and we started we launched and i was um, I did a lot of stuff. Like I, you know, it was like, I just did a lot of stuff. And as we began to grow, you began to find I can't do all that stuff anymore. And you go through this process of letting go of things. And sometimes you have to adjust because you're sitting there thinking, Oh, I would do that differently. I would do that differently. And the Lord's like, Adjust. <laughs> adjust. Being able to adjust is powerful. So if I can make it very simple, humility is very practically it's 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 paying attention to your surroundings often. What's going on around you? How is the relationship connection between you and people around you? Being aware. So many times so many people that are just so unaware, they're not paying attention to people around them. Some people are like, "Man, they're <laughs> they're such a jerk. I'm like, I don't know that they know they are. Like, I, I mean, I'm serious. Some people like, I really don't know that they know they're acting that way. They're just not being aware of how, how their acting is affecting people around them. And so sometimes being able to sit down and have a powerful conversation with someone and say, listen, I don't know that you've thought about this. But, like, every time you say that, people don't like it. <laughs> like, it's rocket science, I know. But, like, if you're mean to people... It's why they're going around you at church. Like, you know, like you ha- you know they're, they're not feeling that humility off of you. And, and I believe with all my heart, humility is not something I can just, uh, it's something that I receive from the Father. But I have to walk in it. And I feel like it's important for us to talk about some of the ways that we have to recognize how we apply humility. Because we can receive and we can carry it, but how do you apply it? How do I know where it's needed? That's what, makes, that's what makes great leaders is when they can step into a situation, they can begin to see things, they can begin to feel things, and they say, I need to actually adjust so you can grow a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that's, <laughs> this is where it's going to get fun. One of the things that uh, is very practical that you need to be in a humble person is Feedback. feedback scares people to death like like people that are insecure are scared to death of feedback and the problem is is that we often find we'll be what your nature wants to do is find multiple excuses why that feedback does not apply to you Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, you know what? Well, they probably just don't know. Like, you know, that's all. Bless them, Jesus, you know? Like, and, and you're trying to get all around it, and, and, and it scares people to death. But can I be, and sometimes, I don't know if you notice this, but feedback typically comes from people that sometimes it's hard for you to hear feedback from. <laughs> you're going to need humility to even hear this sermon guys like like let me just say this rarely does good feedback come from your best friends because that's typically why they're your best friends (laughs) they're typically your best friends because they don't bother you they leave you alone you're like them we hang out you know you're like you're cool man when i'm with you i feel great you always make me uncomfortable you need that person it's so good for you. And listen, let's, we, we, we put these walls of protection around ourselves, but it's, oh, we need feedback. Some of the most important feedback I've ever gotten in my life was almost always through someone that irritated me. True story. And a lot of times it didn't come all that nice. I remember when I was playing, I was a drummer when I first started in music, and I was... I was I, my family, everybody plays instruments in my family. Everybody sings in my family. So for me, like, it's easy to play instruments. I just pick it up, and I got it. That's just how I am. Tiffany gets mad at me, and she's like, she gets mad at me when she's trying to learn an instrument, and then I borrow it, and I learn it before her, and she's like, stop. That's my instrument. Stop it, you know? And <laughs> but for me, instruments are pretty easy, but, you know, sometimes it's easy to begin thinking you're better than you are and so you get around someone who's much better than you are. And we had a conference back like 1998, 99, or something like that. And I was just a teenager, and I was drumming. And dude, I was the best drummer in this church at that point. But that was not a real big pond, you know what I mean? So I thought I was great, but it was just here. I was probably the only drummer, so it wasn't even that much competition. It was like you're batting, you know, a hundred. And so we had a big conference, and we are bringing in a worship leader. And um, Lyndall Cooley was, like, in that day, Brownsville was Bethel of today. Like, they were the big dogs, you know? And it was like, I loved his stuff. I knew his music, I was, you know? And, um, and so we brought in—let's see. No, actually, that was a different time. But we brought in a bass player for an event, a, a, a studio Nashville little guy little guy he's kind of guy had really tiny hands to play the bass so if you ever tried to tell him I can't play guitar because I have tiny hands he'd be like put your hand up to mine and he had tinier hands he just shut it down and I remember we were playing together and I was jamming and he was jamming and then I thought we were just having a great time at the end he's like dude he's like do me a favor next time lay down a groove and quit with all the fills I'm like do you know who I am and he's like, you know, not only am I the drummer of this church, I'm also the pastor's son <laughs> of this church. And, you know, all of a sudden, I stepped out of a world of church, little church musician, into the world of this guy. How many know who Donnie McClurkin is, the gospel artist? Like, like he played with him. He was one of his bass players. And he was good. And he was like, he, what's that? He led his band. That's right. And so he was top-notch. And he came in and... and He began to shoot stuff at me. He was like, do you play with a metronome? All the musicians now that play here, it actually goes back to him. So you can thank him. But he said, do you ever play with a metronome? No. He's like, you need to play with a metronome. And so anybody know what a metronome is? You guys know, right? It's the world's most annoying noise, but it keeps you on, you know, the whole morning when you're down here worshiping, everyone up there is hearing boop, 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 the whole service. Now, if you're doing good, it goes away because you don't hear it. But what's the point? Listen, there are times where you need feedback, where it will immediately be a gauge for where are you standing in your walk with humility. And the Lord said that if you want to be able to walk this walk, if you want to be able to get everything I have for you, there's something you're going to have to be able to do. You're going to have to be able to walk humbly. And we often shut down our hearts from people who bother us. And, and so let me, let me flip, flip the coin, too, because I could say that, and people all over the room are like, you've been that person trying to tell other people something, and you're like, thank you. <laughs> if that was your response, you probably need humility, too. <laughs> no one has an excuse to not operate in humility. Either way. Either way. If you enjoy correcting people, you have a problem. <laughs> you just don't know it. It's okay. Listen, part of, my <laughs> part of my, you know what I'm talking about. Part of the job is you've got to correct people. I don't enjoy it. Like, 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 I heard someone say, if it doesn't hurt you to do it, you better wait till it does. Because like, you don't want to come in because that's how you railroad somebody as you come in. And if your heart's like, ah, Finally. You are as in much trouble as that person is. And so uh, it's not easy. So if there's something in you that enjoys it, listen, you may want to make, check your heart before the Lord. Because humility is a two-way street. It goes both ways. And I'll get into that in just a moment. But this is, this is, <laughs> this is really important. I'm going to flip over for you to First Peter chapter 5. Let's see if I, I think I got it marked here. First Peter chapter 5. And it says, uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility. Who's supposed to clothe themselves with humility? <laughs> All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. I want to throw that in because the last one's like, oh, that's like Old Covenant. Guess what? <laughs> this is First Peter. This is new covenant scripture for you, all right? In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders, all of you. Clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud. But he shows what? And then my Bible says favor to the humble. This is powerful. I want you to recognize the context of this scripture that sometimes we read scriptures and we don't actually see the context. The context of the scripture is relationship. It's talking about relationships within people, young to old. It's in that context. So it's super important that we understand that submission is a two-way street. It's not like I'm the boss. You're some. In- insignificant worm, s- submit. I've heard some pretty po- some pretty uh, well known leaders that sometimes that's been their thinking. And I've known some other people that have asked them. Said do you. I, I, one person asked him one time. Says that do you believe that um, it was in the context of honor? Do you believe the honor goes both ways? And the leader laughed at him. Said I, 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 no, honor only goes up. (laughs) Like, whoa, we got some problems right there. Somebody needs a (laughs) sozo. But you see, that's where insecurities can come in. And humility is a two-way street. If we're only going one direction, it's not going to work out well. There's no way we can possibly lead well in the kingdom outside of humility. I didn't say you can't lead. I said you can't lead well outside of humility. Because submission, I just read it to you, submission is designed, if you want to call it that, it's created, it's, in, it's made to operate in the context of two humble parties. I'm going here for a reason I'm not just coming at it from you I'm coming at it from my perspective too that humility has to operate in both parties submission isn't even a topic unless there's humility because then it's control it's the difference between control and submission submission is when there's humility control is when there's fear and we can't operate in a place of being a powerful believer without walking in a place of humility. I want to challenge everyone in this room, set your eyes on the goal of being so wrapped in Christ. I want to be so wrapped in humility that when people meet me, my goal would be that the first thing they feel is that humble spirit. Like like I don't care if I got, I appreciate compliments about preaching and all that, but it would, for me, it's so much more when someone recognizes something in my spirit. And they say, I feel that off of you. I know a lot of great speakers. A lot of them aren't even Christians. I don't want to just be a great speaker. I want to be so clothed in Christ. I want to be that, that verse that's so clothed when people meet me. They just, they feel there's humility. Can we just set our eyes on that goal? Like, imagine what the house, imagine what it would look like. Imagine how, how much of a powerful group of people we would be that if when we get together, when we, have, when we come in and, and you, you meet somebody, and it's just humility all throughout the room. That's what I love about this worship team. You want to know an area where you fight with some humility as musicians. I've done it long enough, trust me. They come in, and they're like, you know, you know, they want it this way, this way, this way, this way. I had one guy tell me one time, I asked him to play an event with me, and he was like, well, I want to know this, 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 and this. I'm like, why is that? Because I'm not going to be embarrassed. I'm like, oh, you're not going to be playing either. <laughs> like, I was, I didn't know the guy, somebody recommended him, and it wasn't like, I get it if you're like, I don't want to step into something that's really hard, and I just want to know. But it was like, I'm not going to be embarrassed. And I'm like, whoo. <laughs> You know, my, my yeah, pride radar is going off. Do, 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 do. We want to be so wrapped in the Father's love. We want to be so wrapped and clothed in Christ like Ephesians talks about when people meet you. They just, why do you think they want to open up? Because there's something soft coming off of you. Christ was saying, he was saying you can't get it all unless you walk in that. You have to walk in that. And this is, for inse- this is not for the insecure. This is for powerful. That identity piece is huge. It's huge. But we can't swing from insecure and swing so far that we can find ourselves in a place where we feel like we don't need the rest of the body. People to know that I'm led by God, but I want them to see it. I don't want to tell them. I, oh, man, some people pull the God card so much. Like, you know what I'm talking about when I say pull the God card. You ever heard your kids talking and like one kid's telling another kid, it's like, "Well, my dad said," and I'm like, "I didn't say that." <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's what some of us do with God. Well, God told me. You got to wonder, sometimes God's like, I didn't say that. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? I love when people are like, I don't love it. I really don't like it. But so often when people tell me they're leaving the church, it's like, well, God said, and the whole time, they won't even look me in the eyes. I'm like, well, if God said it, you should feel a little more confidence about this. Because if it's God, you'll feel okay here. And people pull that God and the Holy Spirit card too. And it's like, I want people to know it, not by I have to prove it by God said this, but by they say, he's just led by the Spirit. I don't want to have to prove it. I just, God told me the first thing when we stepped in. He said, don't ever try to defend yourself. I got you. I got you. Don't defend yourself. Yeah, sometimes it's hard. (laughs) And you just keep going. Why? Because I'm not interested in that. I don't have to defend myself. I got a really good dad. And he's going to take care of us. I just want to walk in power. I want to walk in the feeling and being humble. I don't want to have to prove to people that God said it. It's like somebody just went down back there. More Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let's, let's pull this back together. Humility won't disregard the body for itself. Humility, here's, the thing, here's where the Lord began to speak to me on this topic. I'll be honest with you. I was like, can I just be really open for a minute? I was anxious coming to preach this morning after like all the, we've, the memorial and the funerals and all the things would be going through. I was like, just God, you're going to have to give me something like solid. And as of like 9 p.m. last night, I wasn't there yet. <laughs> I'm like, anytime. And I woke up this morning, and all I heard was, I heard the word humility, and he said, and he gave me this. You know how Paul says that, you know, the body needs the finger, needs the ear, needs the eye, right? The Lord said, you know, as much as the body needs the body part, the body part needs the body more. If you take out my eye it's going to make things really uncomfortable and it's going to be a lot harder but i'll go forward the eye won't survive if you cut off one of my toes i'm going to limp it's going to hurt but the body will move forward the toe won't make it here's the point some of the people that this is the most challenging to walk in humility are often some of the most gifted, anointed, called people. And they know it. But as much as the body needs you, you need the body. When I meet people that don't feel like they need the body, that's not good. I'm just letting that one sink in. This house is loaded with potential. Like, I'm going to, maybe it's just my opinion, but I think it's like abnormally loaded with gifted people. Like, like honestly, like, for this, it's an apostolic house. And, and, um, you, you may not be clapping in a minute but no 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 but it's true i remember when we very when when we were just getting started and all these great wonderful families were coming in i remember victor who's just a, a so funny he came up to me he's like he's like bro he's like you have so many amazing people coming in this church he's like they're all leaders. i'm like yeah he's like he said i wouldn't want to be their pastor <laughs> he, said, he said he said dude you're stacked he's like but I wouldn't want to be the one trying to lead them all. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. Yeah. Thank you, right? You know? <laughs> and, and, I, and, and one of the things that's so easy to do, I remember hearing Bill Johnson preach one time. He said, you want to know, he said, the people that have the most trouble with discipline and the most trouble with humility are the people that are gifted the most and have to use the least discipline because they have the most gifting and some people they're so gifted that they just they can operate from gifting for a while for a while and then there comes the point of what are you really made of when someone pushes the right buttons and they begin to say things and then what comes out i've i've had the <laughs> i've i've had the opportunity to get to know uh i'm not in a it's hard to explain but I've gotten to be around Danny Silk quite a bit over the past six months over some email correspondence and some things like that, and I get to see some really unique things from Danny. One of the things that I so love about Danny is Danny loves to poke you hard and see what comes out. (laughs) Like, I mean, poke you hard, like, 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 not even a poke, just like a pop and see what comes out, you know? And, um, and some of the people that have been involved is like, whoa, I'm like, what you going to (laughs) do? Like, cause you're getting poked and sometimes things happen that come in life and man, they poke you. And that is the best time to be able to stand back and say, where do I stand? What's going on in my heart? When someone comes up and gives you feedback and it's that person that's like their whole life is a mess. your life is a hot mess and you're giving me feedback but it just so happens to be the thing you've been praying for answers for and you hit that moment right when the person like, comes up to you and they're like hey I just felt like the Lord was telling me this word about um, like freedom and you're like "Oh, it's, they got it they got the word they got the word and you have that moment How, where are you going to go with it you're gonna humble yourself or are you gonna walk away? <laughs> and you think about it two or three times. But if you humble yourself, he says you'll be blessed. And you can receive. Many of you in this house, you have tremendous gifts. Tremendous calling on your life. We have such a house filled with leaders you will find yourself especially needing to be rooted in humility. Talking to the leaders. You know who you are. You've got the words over your life. If you don't, it's very easy to use your unique unique gift to bring the spotlight on you. Here's the thing about gifts. He didn't give us gifts to make us stand out. He gave us gifts to assemble us. He didn't give us gifts to make us stand out. He gave us gifts to assemble us. I don't want to operate in my gifts so people can be like, rock star. Rock star Christianity. No. I want to pair people that left and said, I encountered the presence. I encountered the Lord. I felt Him. Who preached? You know, I don't remember. I would love it if no one remembers me sometimes. It's fine. But what happened? I got healed. I had two or three people between worship and sitting down come up to me and tell me about healings that happened, physical healings. That's what I want to hear. That's what we want to hear here. That's what we're going after. But it has to be a vessel of humility. He's looking for someone that he can just pour it out on. And he looks, it may be this little tiny church in South Charlotte. He says, that's who it is. Pour it out. Pour it out. See, that's what I'm going for. That's who we're called to be. That's who we're called to be. Humility, it recognizes its need for the body. Even as gifted, as important as you are, you need the body. I've got friends, quite a few friends. The Lord's done some unique things with Tiffany and I. we have quite a few friends that are itinerant ministers, actually. That we've really become in community with. One of them was so blessed, actually. He was ministering and his wife showed up to the memorial yesterday. I was shocked to see her there. And um, I've got a number of friends, though that even when they're not on the road, and and some of them, they're always on the road, like always, and they'll tell us, say, you know, you are my home church. I have such a value for people that recognize the need for the body. Even if you're on the road almost every week of the year, they recognize that I'm not greater than my need for the local body. And I just want to establish the importance, I guess, as I wrap this up, that we, we recognize the need for the body. And we need you. <laughs> for many people, the idea of this is scary. Some people, it's scary that, how do I say this, that your success can actually be tied to someone else's success. <laughs> Isn't that kind of how a family works? If dad loses his job, the whole family goes through a season of some, sometimes where things are changing up for a little bit. Right? All right. We're, it's family. That's what family looks like. Like, I'm, I'm going to be really going after this over the next few weeks because the Lord is just, just driving into my heart. What does a family look like? A family looks like when, when some, one of the kids is really sick. It affects the whole family. We're not going out and doing a bunch of stuff. We're all going to stay home and help the little one get better. We're not going to, sorry, we're all going to Carowinds. Have fun. That's cruel. Well, except for you're like me, I hate roller coasters. I'd be like, sweet. No, it's a family. When one of them's not doing well, it affects everybody. But that's part of saying, I'm willing to come into a covenant relationship with you. Is that when you're not doing well, it's going to affect me. But at the same time, when they're blessed, I get to be blessed. And there's things when daddy's doing good and daddy's doing well, we get some cool stuff. You know, we've had some years that it was wasn't like that, but dad's doing good right now. It affects each other. And what we're building is so much more. I want to speak to you from, I got what? Like, like f- 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 yeah, I'm not telling you. Because <laughs> you're going to be like, ooh, what, what, how much time did he say? No. <laughs> I was like, mm, nope. <laughs> Felt that religious spirit like pop up for a minute. No. <laughs> no. What we're trying to build is a family. You're going to find this house is very unique because that's what we're pursuing is a family. What does a family look like? How does a family operate? You need humility in a family. You need honor in a family. I'm not building a business and calling it a church. Now there are business aspects of a church that you don't want to mess up. But that's why I don't do the money I'm not the accountant <laughs> But We're building a family We're building a family I have three kids My wonderful wife led worship this morning And when we went through this loss With my family member With my father-in-law It, it shakes you It's the only way I know how to say it It shakes you when you lose someone. We found out he had cancer February 8th. And we had his memorial yesterday. We didn't know anything was wrong before February 8th. And it shakes you. And you know. You have to go through it as a family. Your kids are going to go through. I had to fly home. And the first thing I had to do. was tell my kids that their, their pap was gone. And it shakes you. But you go through it. And you know what though. Peace was so strong in our family. I can't explain it. You could feel it. But we had to go through it. The Lord told me I'm a dad that wants like everything in my heart wants to let my kids skip out on pain. Like I'm that dad. Like oh, I just I, I hate but the Lord's like they have to go through this with you. And we went through it. And we got through it. And we got to ha- we got to mourn as a family we also get to have victory as a family but we have to do it together one of the pastors said something so powerful yesterday he got up and he said you know what I see I look on that front row and everyone's holding hands like the whole family was holding hands not because per- not, not someone told us to we just held hands and he said I, I looked from my perspective and I saw something he said the whole family was holding hands That's family Sometimes it takes some humility. And it's going to be something that I pray that we'll strive for. That we'll be clothed in humility. You know, we've got, we're so blessed every week we come and the presence of the Lord is here. You guys, like, like for real. Someone said on Friday night, I don't." Even, such a, a humbling remark. Why would I go to Bethel? I can come here. And it was, it was a, I mean, it was a humbling remark. I, I don't say that arrogantly. It was really humbling to hear It's experience that every week. But there's more to it than that. There's more to a family. (laughs) You ever ever go on vacation with your family? And it's like, it's not real world. You know what I'm talking about with your kids? Like, we buy the food, they're not allowed to eat at home. And and then at the end, we're like, we we get back home, and we're like, guess what? Back to the real world. (laughs) Right? It's like, We're we're not in the beach house. We're back home. There's an element to the walk in a house in a body that I feel like when we come on a Sunday morning, it's like vacation. It's like, wow, we get to experience this. But then there's elements of it that is real family. And so I want to just exhort you this morning. Recognize that how your brothers and sisters are doing around you affects you. And be there for them. Ask the Lord, Father, search my heart.